just because I recognize what's on his life. Um, he's a flamboyant person, can you tell? <laughs> and I just, I just love the gift of evangelism, but I love that he's a Kiwi who's made his mark in life, but he's passing it on into the next generations. And I just want to encourage you, friends, open your heart up and listen to what he has to say. But my good friend Dave can say a bit more. Thanks, John. Billy and Kerry have been staying with us the last couple of weeks off and on, and I've been thinking of something nice to say, and thinking, and thinking. <laughs> and I remember Kerry got a QSM last year. And it was really good. And then Billy got an award this year, Queen's Birthday Weekend. And I said, what was that award, Billy? Well, he didn't actually know. And to that, to me, was really exciting. That's insignificant. What spins Billy and Kerry's wheels is seeing young, changed lives. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'm coming down here. I'm coming down here because I went to Johnny Cash one time and saw him on stage. And I happened to be up the front because I'm greedy. So I got right at the front. No one else did this but me. But I climbed over the barbed wire they had at ringside. The cop would say, get out of there. And Johnny Cash heard the noise and he turned that guitar right round, right down my face. And he took a big smile. No one's got a photo of Johnny Cash smiling. I have. <laughs> The world's greatest harmonica, called Larry Adler, the greatest harmonica in the world, player. Brilliant. And my next-door neighbour took me to the show. I was nine years of age. My mother said, don't let his hand go, he's a runner. <laughs> well, at the end of it, they gave him a standing ovation. Stay, like Fido, sit. Stay there. So she stood up and clapped, and I went straight up on the stage. Can you show me how to play that thing, mister? <laughs> He didn't know how to say no, and he spent 10 minutes with me and I learned to play the harmonica because I asked. But the most important thing is, I was up the front. I was up the front. Get up, out the back, you guys up here. Come up here right now. Fill these suits up. Come on, meet it. Come up here. Come up the front. Come right up the front. How many are going to do that? Be up the front here. That's what you want to do. Don't miss a trick. I got saved because I never missed a trick. That's how I got saved. I turned up. I was a turnip. I turned up. I was very lucky at eight years of age to be dragged into a boxing club. I used to find things before they were lost. <laughs> Got me involved with the police. They took me down to Epoony Boys Home of Borsal Institute. They said, he's too young to take him in here. Get him out of here. So they took me into a boxing club. It's supposed to be a punishment. But I walked in the room and I looked around the room. I went, oh, this is really cool. I like this. <laughs> I love that song you were singing. This is how I fight. That you were singing before. This is how I fight my battles. Well, I got the deal of the century. A young guy that happened to be in that boxing gym was in there like me. And when I was about 13, he sat the whole gym down. He asked the coach if he could sit him down on the floor. The coach said, what are you going to say to them, Ray? Oh, I just, just want to have a talk, Mr. Dunn. So we all sat down on the floor and he said, I just want to tell you guys that over the holidays I got saved. That means um, I'm a born-again believer. And everyone looked at him and thought, this guy's a nutcase. He had a Salvation Army uniform, a little crash helmet on the top. We knew he didn't just buy it to keep warm. We knew he joined. And he said, I want to invite you guys along to the young peoples, especially you, Billy. And he looked right down my barrel, right at me, because I was the problem in the gym. I set fire to things, I used to flog things, I'd fight anybody, I had a mouth like a septic tank, nobody wanted to knock around with me, I didn't have friends, I was a lonely kid, and mixing with people at school, they didn't want me either. But when I walked in that gym, there were all those sorts of kids, they all had problems, they all had the nine I walked. <laughs> <laughs> you can walk like an idiot, mate, you're valuable to me. <laughs> 
And then he said to all these kids that um, I want you to come along to the young people, and especially you, Billy. That guy never stopped banging on our window, on the door at the back of the house at a musty, fogged window. You couldn't see clearly who it was, but you recognised my mate. He had a little helmet on, a little hat. That's Ray. I said to my mother, tell him I'm not home. And for years I told him I wasn't home. But Ray kept coming back. He never gave up. No means nothing. Don't take him notice of no. Everyone wants to know Christ, they just don't know how. And they won't do that unless they get someone to show them by climbing into their boots and saying, I know how you must feel, it's embarrassing. But go through this, don't miss a deal of the flaming century. So that went on for years, never went. Never went near the place, never went to the Salvation Army. Then one of my mates I used to box with, and I butchered with, he was a butcher, he got soundly converted, his name was Peter Bell. And he said to me, come along to the church, it's, mate, it's a happening, boy. Everyone sings, everyone's really friendly and they feed you. <laughs> Don't want to know about it. But he kept up and never gave up on me. I worked with him in the butcher shop side by side. He used to witness to all the customers over the shop. They thought, oh, here's this nutcase. But he witnessed everybody. And I loved them. We were really good mates. Played league together with him, boxed together with him. And then one day he said, Billy, I'm not taking no for an answer. You've got to come with me. We've got this guy from India, and he's a brilliant, absolutely brilliant preacher, and I want you to make sure you hear him. No, 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 you haven't got the guts. That's your problem. You've got no guts. That got me. I want to show I've got guts. <laughs> so he tricked me, the little conniver. He skeened me into going along to a church. Well, I never heard a preacher before. Didn't know anything about what went along with church. And uh, then this guy started saying, despicably wicked and treacherous and lying and perven and all the things that humans can do. And I said to Peter, did you tell him I was coming here? <laughs> I honestly, as I'm standing here, I thought that guy was talking about me. I thought, how did he know this? How did he know that all those crap that he was talking about was me? And then I said to Peter, I'm going up the front. He said, no, no, you, you wait. He said, not yet. No, 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 stuff you, I'm going up the front. So I went up the front. And I said, how, how do I get in? And he looked at me. I said, how do I get into this joint? You know, how do I get one of you guys? How do I be like this? And he looked at me like I was Casper the Friendly Ghost. He looked right down my face. And he said, are you Billy Graham? I said, yeah, I think so, mate. I was a bit nervous at that stage. I could have been anybody. And he said, I put my hand on your face. It was on the front of the paper on the sports post the night before. This is Sunday. Saturday night sports post, I was on the front page. Billy Graham boxed my whole pile of wallowy. They talked about me. And he said, I put my hand on your photo and said, Lord, let me be the person that leads him to the Lord. That's as true as I'm standing here. That's exactly what happened. So he led me to the Lord. And I went through the rivers of Babylon like everybody else before I found out where I was and when we got my feet together. But I never forgot what happened. I know that it was real. I know what that young lady said before, that she felt that something had been taken out of her and something had been put in. You know something's going on. All of a sudden you've got a conscience that I never had before. I didn't know it existed. So all this had been going on for all those years. Then Ray Gordon kept coming back into my life. Because anyone that knew me knew that I loved boxing. It was my absolute passion. I got everything about boxing I know about boxing. And Ray, this Ray Gordon, he just never gave up on me. Never stopped praying for me. And then one day, he rang up, Kerry and me were wanting to buy a boxing gym. Everyone knew me that I was going to have a boxing gym. I told my sisters, we, we planned it out. My sister, older sister was going to be my manager. We're going to run this boxing club. And then Ray Gordon rings up and he says, Billy, it's um, Ray here. The Salvation Army, which I'm now head of, I'm the top person in Wellington, we're regrouping and we're selling all the buildings around Nanai that we own, and there's a church there, and you've been talking for years about having your own boxing club. 
and I want you to uh, come and have a look at this. And I didn't tell him that that same morning, Kerry and me had signed up with another church in another town just around the corner called Stokes Valley. We'd signed up, agreement done and dusted. And I said, oh, what have I done? I jumped the gun. I didn't wait. I should have waited. So it's time to hold on to it and time to, who said that? On a warm summer's evening. Time to hold on, time to walk away. And then I thought, now I've got to walk away from this good deal I've just done a handshake on. So I rang the guy up. Humble pie. What am I going to say? And, he, and I told him what the story was. I got halfway through it. Billy, look, I'm really sorry. I've just got to jump the gun here, mate. All our trustees have had a talk, and you can't have that building we've just offered you. Wow. It's too cheap, and they won't, the trustees won't right. let us sell it to you. Right. And I said, oh, sorry. <laughs> so I, Kieran and me went like a mad chook round a nine-nine, and I drove down the street. Never come into the entrance of Nile before. I lived on the other side of the tracks. I never come in from this way. But this time we lived in Upper Hutton. I'm coming through the other entrance. And when I get down to the street where the church was, I saw the police station that I lived in when I was a kid. I saw the schools there that I said I wanted the kids near. I want the shopping centre. It was right opposite the main shopping centre. Everything was there. God, oh, mate, this is it. And I got rather emotional, didn't I? You know, it, it was this is it. This was set up for me before the doctor smacked me on the bum when I was a baby and was laid out in the foundation. Right. And if you ever doubt those things, you can look back on your life and just see what's happened to your life and see that you're here today. It's not a chance. You could have been anywhere. You could have stayed up or not watched Wellington lose at the rugby again and slept in and not come here. But you are here, and you're not here just to keep your backsides warm in those seats. You're here to make a decision because this is what we're here for. We're not here just for the nice chocolates and I want more than one. <laughs> I'm a grown kid, you know. So I, I, all these things all have happened to me. So we get to the gym. Where's my clicker? How do you work this thing? Click. Hello, And then there was a photo coming up. Now this old bunghole heap was the Salvation Army Church, which we thought was fantastic when we dropped around the corner and looked at that. And I said, isn't this great? Look at it. It's beautiful. Rusty, leaking dump. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't see that. It's twice as good as the boxing club I went to. Our boxing club had nothing. Just walls <laughs> and champions. Just in one generation, my boxing coach had 18 New Zealand titles out of one gymnasium. Wow. Wow. Out of one gym. It's the world record. No one's done that before. He was a master coach. And I happened to be the kid that he had a lot to deal with. He turned up to court one day and he went, he's one of mine to the magistrates. The magistrate looked at Dick Dunn at the end of the room, who he knew, and he said, you get out of my courtroom, don't you ever come back in here again. <laughs> Dick says, saved by the bell, son. <laughs> so we looked at that gymnasium and I thought, mate, this is going to be good, we've got to fix it up, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Hello, bang, this is what happened. That's the same building. Is this good? Yeah. Orgasmatic to me. And look at the stones around there. They're all two ton, this big by this big. It was a passion. It was in my head. And you would have wanted. No one said you need to do that. No, 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 no. It's not going there. I want it there. That's how it's going to be. Clickety poos. Oh, by the way, that flag, go back one. If you can go back and reverse. That flag I stuck up the first week we're in there. The first day it was gone. Someone liked it too. <laughs> so I stuck it up again. Put a whole pile of grease on the pole. <laughs> Still there. <laughs> All those big fight, bright colours about honour, decency, loyalty, respect and consequences for your actions. Yeah. We all know what they are. The sign says wet paint, it possibly is. But all of us have done this when it says wet paint, we do this. Oh yeah, it is wet. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I said that. Well, all those things that we want our kids to learn them. 
They don't have to learn them. We don't make them learn them. We give them a carrot in front of their eyes that if they do learn them, they get a life membership at the Nine Box Academy where you learn about decency, honesty, loyalty and respect and consequences for your actions. That's what we teach them. The box thing's two seconds of it. That's next to nothing. The real deal is what we can do to these kids. And a lot of those kids have learnt those whole books. People have commented that they've changed the attitude. We've had kids come in with a mouth like a septic tank, but no one swears in our gym. We haven't had to pick up a kid swearing in our gym for how many years? Years. We had a few fathers got a mouth that needs to be washed out. My nanny used to use sunlight soap. It works. <laughs> Click. That's what the gym looks like when you walk in the gym. It's clean, it's fresh, and it's safe. We call it a safety zone. It's a means to an end. It's not your life. It was my life for my life as a young kid. And when I got saved, it changed, completely changed the direction. I'm still Billy for nine. I, I still have the, the walk. <laughs> but now I've got a nice jacket and I walk like this. <laughs> cool jacket, eh? <laughs> Next one. Those don't, that's Dave Diggs that's sitting here. He didn't even know he was in the photo, but he's there. He's, he's sponsored that great big rock. All the other ones are the heavyweight champion of the world. George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Floyd Patterson, Sugar Ray Leonard. I've met all those guys, by the way. They're all my heroes, and I've shaken hands with all my heroes. Mm. All my heroes, I've turned up. Hello, all there. Come from Norway. <laughs> <laughs> to America. We met them all. Got photos of all, all these guys. But that big rock in the middle that I'm standing beside in the middle of the lawn, that's got the hand like that. looks like the Sistine Chapel hand. I like that idea, so I put that on the front. And it's cracked across the wrist, if you know. You can't see it quite clearly, but it's cracked across the wrist. And under, it's pointing down. And underneath it says, Undisputed heavyweight champion of the universe, Jesus Christ. Yes. We get comments on that, I can tell you. Underneath that, we've got his nickname. Every box has a nickname. Muhammad Ali was the Lewis full lip. This Jesus Christ was called King of Kings. That was his nickname. Yeah. Revelations 22 said, I shall make a comeback. Manny Pacquiao's talking about it. I will return. Jesus Christ said that in Revelation 22. I'll be back. Gave all the signs. We've got to be thick as we're going to be thick if we don't realise the signs of the time. We're supposed to be told that to know the hour that it is. If the Jews had read the Bible that they had, the Old Testament, they would have known they're killing their Messiah. They're killing the one that they're waiting for. And they're condemned and yelled and screamed and yelled out to crucify him. And Caesar, who wanted to let him go, he wanted him to get out of there. Pilate didn't want to do this. His wife had a dream about it. Have nothing to do with this man. He was scared stiff. But the crowd insisted, no! If he be the king of the Jews, let his blood be on our blood and our children's children's blood. You've got it. That's what happened. That's why the world's in such a mess. That's why... We put that stone up there so it isn't just a boxing gym. People that know me think it's just about boxing because I'm passionate about that. But I'm alive about the other deal. Yeah. We've got life eternal. There's no one in this room. If you haven't, you're not saved. You've got, you've got a bigger problem than I had because I was bright enough to get saved. I knew that was the deal. I had to sort a lot of crap out between now and the years afterwards. I had a lot of things I had to do. I had to learn to walk away, spray and walk away. <laughs> get out of trouble. In fact... The Bible says, doesn't say run, it says flee. That's not fleas from a dog. That's go for the lick of your life. It's panic. The building's going to fire. Get out now. That's what it's saying. Yeah. Go for your life. Yeah. How serious it is. Clickety poos. There's my gorgeous son. I made him. 
little help from my friends. That's my darling wife. And those little wee monkeys there, the more walks of life. A lot of these kids don't have dads. They certainly don't have mums and dads together. They're all over the place. They look like all sorts. They've got issues. They're no worse than I did. And they're coming through because they've got friends that love them. They've got a young man that they look up to who doesn't swear and doesn't steal and doesn't lie and doesn't perv and do all the things that we're capable of doing. No, he's a straight, clean up and down kid. They love him. He's a hero. Young men need heroes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. We've got a problem with our kids. It's not the girls that commit suicide, it's more, it's 80% more young men. We have three guys or two, one guy in our gym, two in another gym, made a pact to meet on the other side. How informed are they about life? So they committed suicide. And we found out in the nick of time that this kid was with them as well. He realised they're not coming back. Boom. That's Muhammad Ali's house. And Louisville, Kentucky, everybody talk like this. Isn't that great? He can go there. We knocked on the door. They did talk like this. <laughs> Boom. We've got police on our side. They used to run from him. <laughs> now the police commissioner, I've even got a jacket that he gave me, his leather jacket. Didn't fit him, I got it. <laughs> this is a police commissioner. He loves what we're doing because we're helping him do his job. Yeah. So we've got police on board with us too so we can find out what kids is going to make it and what kids aren't. A lot of our kids come to us with words of interest from the police already. So we put them back. We're like Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty had a problem because he couldn't put the people back together again. We can. Yeah. All the king's horses and all the king's men. What a joke. I'd never write a song like that. I would have said he did put them back together again because that's what Christ does for us. He picks us up and dusts us down, swacks us, gives us a boot in the car every now and then when we need it. But he straightens up and gives us how dare, how dare he tells us the truth. That you're despicably wicked, treacherous, not to be trusted. That means you and you and you and me. All of us in the same boat. So we're sinners. We know we're sinners because you know what's in your head and what you've done and what you shouldn't have done and what you have done. We know that. But God says, oh, here's a deal. I promise I won't remember it often, all your sins. No, no, no. I'll take your disgustingness as far as the east is from the west. Well, Marco Polo and Christopher Cumbus and Captain Cook and his merry men, they didn't have a clue what they were talking about. <laughs> they didn't even know where they are going. But we're told exactly where we're going, that we've got a home and glory land that outshines the sun. Those guys went sailing around the world trying to find another land. God owns all the land. They followed the stars that God made to get where they wanted to go. Isn't that incredible? They still didn't figure out that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And we're in the generation that Christ said, lucky are you. And he tells us how lucky we are. Because this is the times of the end. Because he said, when you're back in my land of Israel, well, we should be looking at this and reading about this because it excites us. And Christ said, comfort one another with these things. I wrote them down in the Bible, for goodness sake. Those guys that were on the cross with Christ... One of those, the two of the other, they were Jews. They probably knew quite a bit about the Old Testament. What happened? One of them said, looked at what was going on. He turned to Christ. He said, if you be the son of God, why can't you get us out of this joint? Do a magic trick. Do what you can do. But if you're God, get us out of this mess we're in. And the other guy looked at, <sighs> he would have probably looked at Ezekiel or Isaiah and thought, smitten, rejected of men. This is what they were talking about. And I'm in the case. I'm, I've got the role. I'm in it. Then he turned to the other guys, you're an idiot just like me. 
And in fact, you're a liar and a thief and you're probably murdered too. We deserve exactly what we get. But this man's done nothing amiss. Then he turned to Christ and he said, he acknowledged that he was a piece of rubbish. So that's admitting you're a sinner. Then he asked God to forgive him. He said, remember me when you get into your kingdom. What a great feeling. He would have been loving being up on that cross then because the other people downstairs weren't seeing it. And he's up there saying, Father, you know, right then and there he's got the contact to God. He's got Jesus Christ right there talking to him. Remember me when you get your kingdom of Christ said, I tell you this very day you'll be with me in paradise. This isn't just a story. This isn't made up fables. This isn't some religion. I don't even like religion. I can't even spell it, you know. This is the living God who knows our name and cares enough to bring you here today, just like he did with me, with Peter and with my mate. Clickety please. That's my kids. Monkeys. Some of them should be dunny flush, but they're all there. <laughs> Next one. This is all our young girls. We're never going to have a boxing club. Don't say never. I don't like girls getting smacked around the head, but we teach them how not to get smacked around the head. And they skip and they laugh and they play separate nights with the boys. We keep it separate. We look after them. No one's been hurt. None of these girls have even had a fight yet. Hopefully none of them will. But they learn how to defend themselves and walk away. They certainly learn that. We take them out on camps. We've been mentors for them. They love it. Flame and love it. Click. Outward bounds being good to us. Boom. Next one. Don't go to sleep. Now, Ray Gordon is now dying with cancer. He's only a few years older than me. He's 81, I think he is. And he's still praying for us. He rings me up, Billy, I just want to encourage you. He's got a nice, gentle, kind voice. You just love him. And his wife, they're still together. They're both crooked. But he never stops praying for me. He never stops sending me encouragement. And the other day, he sent me this. Don't go to sleep. I remember watching a fight where one fighter was highly schooled and near the end of the last round, far ahead on points. However, in a moment of inattention, a lucky punch got through, knocked him out. The fight was lost. To those of us with many rounds behind us and points accumulated, there is a warning. The warning is Satan is not overly concerned at a lifetime full of fruitful service if he can knock us out before the final bell. Look, dig that again. To those of us with many rounds behind us and points accumulated, there's a warning. Satan is not openly concerned of a lifetime of fruitful service if he can knock it out just before the bell. As Colonel Don reminded us last week, keep our guard up to the end. Don't go to sleep. All the blessings, Ray Gordon. Then he sent this. We got the other bit to that, Kerry? Does that go again? Give another click? No. It goes on and uses the Bible with boxing. Paul said, I buffet my body and make it strong in order to go the distance in that fight. I do the hard work. Stress that. How lucky we are to have writings that far back ago that even ties my sport up. Christ wasn't condemning boxing like a lot of do-gooders will say it should be banned. What are you going to do with these hard-case kids? Let them use the energy, play rugby and league and get, get roughed up. We need to be roughed up a bit. Yep. You need to look after yourself, but we need to get tougher because we are in a battle and you let your guard down, you'll go for a sixer just like anybody else because no one is exempt from the rule.
Anything after that? I don't think there is. And how long am I talking for? I'm pretty well on time. I can't believe I'm on time. I've got somebody else there. I'll just share this wee thing with you. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> if you play it with your nose, no one will flog your mouth organ. <laughs> I like music, and I'm not musical. But this is in tune. <laughs> so all I've got to do is find the right song that I want to find. I'll just check it out and see what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah, there, there, there. Oh, there's, oh, yeah, I've got that one there. That's... Uh, yeah, what a friend I have in Jesus. That's a nice one. How great they are. Oh, that's a nice one. There it is. Now, how great they are? We'll sing how great they are, and then I'll get out. Oh, we might have time for questions. Have I got a few minutes? How long have I got to go? All right. Aren't we lucky? Aren't we lucky? Do not go out of this room tonight if you're not sure where you're at. The more you say no, the easier it is to keep saying no. The more an alcoholic says, I'll just have a wee drink. That's the lie. My mum and dad were alcoholics. I hate booze. Never touched it. Never touched a cigarette. Done plenty of other wrong things, but I saw that blatantly when I was a kid. I kept away from it. My mind was bent on pleasure, the world I longed to see. Though I'd often be warned of a danger and the coming wrath to flee. I'm young and strong and healthy. Nothing troubles me except the fear I've yet to meet of God and eternity. If only I was certain the Bible was a myth, I'd scatter to the wind my fears and all thoughts of God I'd dismiss. But as the word of God declares there is a future state, I'd better face the question before it's too late. I know I'm passing onward, for time will not delay. But will the books be open, and then I delay? Ah, I'll take it once the Saviour who died in Calvary. He tasted death for sinners, so he must have died for me. He bore the wrath and judgment to save my soul from hell. So I'll praise him then forever, for who is worth can tell. Your choice. You've got more guts than me to walk out a room when full of people who know that Jesus Christ is some of the living God and promised to come back. He cares about you. He knows your name. He knew you before you were conceived. So that stuffs up abortion, doesn't it? You know, I won't get into politics, but get out of here. You know, so we've got the message. We've got the access now, and we've got the knowledge in our head. So why wouldn't you do it? So everyone, just shut your eyes. Let's just have we talk, just with no eyes open. Dear loving and heavy Father, we know that it's your desire that everyone gets saved. No one exempt. So we just ask, Lord... You touch the people's hearts in this room and you just ask them, Lord God, do you want to be part of me? That's what you're asking. Life eternity. Unbelievable. So we just ask, Lord God, if 
they want to put their hand up, that's up to them. If they don't want to do that, that's up to them too. But don't you dare let them go out of here, Lord God, because that's your passion, that we all be saved. In our Lord Jesus' brilliant, precious name, amen.